It is winning season at my bookie. Use promo code Gators on a deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Not much longer to bet on college football conference championship weekend coming up, so get in on the action at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And Gators Breakdowns proud to partner with America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree and use code GatorsFree for free breakfast for life with active subscription. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on social media at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you the morning after another loss for the Florida Gators to end the season on a five-game losing streak. This time going down to rival Florida State, 24-15. to In a game where Florida had their chances early uh, and could not build a, build a lead uh, big enough where FSU could not come back and win the game. FSU takes over, the defense takes over in the second half. We'll get into it all right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hope you guys had a good holiday. I hope, um, you know, besides the game, uh, I hope you enjoyed the, if you were in Gainesville on Saturday, but I hope you all guys, you guys out there had a good Thanksgiving. But unfortunately, we have to talk about this loss uh, right here. So everybody hit that like button. I know you don't like the result. I know you don't like the result of the season, but Time to get into the game itself. 24-15, Florida State. But hit that like button. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. Right here on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Check out GatorsBreakdown.com. I'll have uh, what Billy Napier had to say after the game. Max Brown as well. If you haven't had a chance, I'll put that transcript up at some time, uh, at some point today. And, hey, big shout out to uh, Gators Breakdown Plus members. Uh, it's a uh, big uh, – had a had a chat on the way home from the game, uh, so that really helped. I know, kind of a group therapy session there for for the chat right there. You get access to that link is in the description. Access to the Discord where we have just chats, extra episodes, ad free episodes, all that at Gators Breakdown Plus. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, already had a little bit of a conversation, uh, of course, with some Gator fans based off of being Gators Breakdown Plus members. So that long drive back after. After the disappointing loss, another loss here for the Gators. And we'll get into it. We'll have to, unfortunately, break all this down. But I will kind of go drive by drive here uh, because that is the story of the game uh, and how it played out. You know, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't do that. But I think with the way it played out, <laughs> with the way the game played out, I think it's fair to just kind of go through the drive a bit. And, you know, the chances Florida had early to, to build a lead and like I said that in a preview, I was like, that to me would be a path for Florida. Asked Billy Napier about it last week as well. Is, you know, taking advantage if the defense gives you opportunities early in the game, build a lead and see if FSU can come back. Put more pressure on a quarterback making his first start this season in the swamp. And the swamp was alive and electric early on, but you could not build a big enough lead if FSU comes back to win 24-15. But it starts... Gators, uh, third and six on, on three plays, has really started this game converting third downs, uh, especially this first drive. Um, at third and six, you had Wilson for 16 yards. ETN was starting at running back. Um, you had a third and one. Um, Brown keeper for four, Max Brown there. 
early on. You had a third and 10. Um, you, the offensive line was struggling, went for a deep shot on first down uh, there to ended up far, you know, getting third and 10. But Brown finds Wilson with a great throw uh, at the sideline for 15 yards and get the third and three at the FSU 21, loss of nine all the way back to the FSU 30. And then you have to set a fourth field goal that is no good, wide right for the Gators. I could not score on the first drive. You know, like they have been, of course, Max Brown making his first start. Uh, the Gators not able to go down the field and put a touchdown on the board like we have seen in recent weeks. But, hey, all right. Defense comes on the field. They take over. FSU at their own 30. A third and 17 screen goes nowhere. It was a three and out for the defense. The offense does respond this time. Start at their own 30. Max Brown with a draw on second down. He sets up a third and one. Macho Johnson gains three yards. So, I mean, early on, the Gators are converting third downs. Um, there was a third and six, and, of course, that was the play where Wilson's kind of coming back across the formation. Wilson is wide open for a big game. Max Brown misses him, uh, but, you know, ends up finding Jackson for 10, gets to the FSU 44. The second down pass to Hanson was a laser by Max Brown. Uh, really good pass from him down uh, for 24 yards, down to the 17 for the Gators. Uh, a check down to ETN for 13 yards that goes down to the FSU four. Um, then had an FSU offsides penalty. Um, but then Florida gets all the way down. You can't really open running lanes here. So you're kind of starting to bog down a bit. Uh, but Brown gets sacked. But then it was a personal foul on FSU's dent. Uh, and... I didn't think it was much of one. Um, thankfully, Florida got the call, was able to put a point, you know, touchdown on the board there. Montreal Johnson, big time, wide open run there. I was jokingly, and I think a lot of you were too, you know, okay, well, the call went Florida's way <laughs> there. You had a, you caught a break there early, maybe a little bit of payback for 2003. You know, after 2003, in the sense, Swindle in the swamp, um, any call that doesn't go FSU's way, I, I'll overlook it. But, you know, that was a fortunate call for the Gators. Uh, ends up leading to a touchdown for the Gators, take a 7-0 lead. Uh, FSU gets the ball back, not doing much here. Again, first and 10 from their own 25. They had to delay a game. You had the crowd swamp into it. Um, Gators defensive line, Scooby Williams playing well here, force a third and 14. Um, another three and out for this Gator defense. Um, FSU did run a fake punt. That was there. Uh, thankfully, delay a game. Uh, Florida caught, catches a break there. Uh, but it's a bad punt. Florida has the ball at the FSU 40. Right at this point, both teams have two drives. Florida has a 108-2 to two yard edge, leading 7 to nothing. Two drives each there. Uh, ETN starts to drive for 15. You have a first and 10. Uh, gets all the way to a third and one. The Brown sneak is short. Fourth and one, Florida settles for a field goal, 35 yards, 10 nothing Gators. Three drives, 10 points. Could you maybe been a little more aggressive there? Um, now, you were just stuffed on a third and one, but Billy Napier, and look, the defense is playing good at this point, uh, but does decide on fourth and one to kick the field goal. This one's good, uh, but the Gators, 10 nothing there. If a shoe starts at their own 21, Wilson screen goes for 11. That was their first. You know, first down of the game. Then they have a third and eight from their own 34. Devin Moore with a man, it was great to see him out there again. Great pass breakup on the sideline. 
One first down for FSU and out. You remember yelling, great pressure as well. Uh, so the Gators get the ball back. Again, they're on 23. Brown gains four, fumble out of bounds. End up a third and six. Sack fumble goes up in the air. Caught by Wilson, another fourth and one at their own 32. Have to call a timeout. Punt bounces back. FSU ball at their own six. Really good punt. 62-yard punt to start FSU deep in their own territory. So, this leads to the defense making another big play. Florida gets a safety out of this. It was a second three. The Gators get a loss. True freshman making plays. Sharif Denson, TJ Searcy with a tackle for loss. Then the very next play, Prince Liam and Yellen, the Gator defensive line, Derek Wingo as well, forces the safety. Florida's up 12 to nothing. All the momentum in the world. And as we have kind of joked about, but it's a real issue for Florida, finds themselves allergic to momentum. Florida gets the ball after an ETM punt return to the Florida State 47. At midfield, all the momentum. Then here comes the double reverse trick play, a loss of 14. Right there, uh, an early turning point for this game. I mean, Florida's up 12 to nothing right now. We know we'd only go on to score three more points for the rest of the game. Now, of course, trick plays are a catch-22. If it works, it's the greatest thing in the world. If it doesn't work, revisionist history comes into play. But at the same time, I didn't like it to begin with. Now, of course, it works. As I just said, we're, we're lauding. That's just the nature of it. But I don't still think up 12 nothing with all the momentum, it was time to get cute. I, especially, especially with Brown, young quarterback, FSU's defensive line, which at this point hadn't asserted themselves as they would later in the game. But Florida had already been kind of struggling pass blocking. You'd already see the tackles were struggling a bit. It would get worse as the night went on. But completely, completely took Florida out of great field position. Ends up a third and 17. 12 nothing could not build a bigger lead when you had a chance. Should 12 nothing probably be enough? In some ways, probably. But not with this team. And when you have a chance, you're at midfield, you're up 12 nothing. all the momentum in the world. Pad a lead. Florida couldn't do it. So FSU responds. They get the ball on 10, 16-yard run on first down. This is where you kind of start seeing it here. Then the inexcusable Jamari line spits in the face of an FSU player. He's rightfully ejected. No reason for that. Florida's starting to hurt themselves. Tariq Denton makes another tackle here. Jaheim Bell for FSU has a 29-yard gain. Toa Philly for 16, down to the 16. Third and nine. Third and nine from the Florida 15. Rodemaker rolls left. So they're starting to move him around a bit. He's, you know, Florida's getting some pressure. FSU would just start moving him around. Finds Wilson down to the one-yard line. Touchdown Florida State with Benson, the running back. 12-7, 26 seconds left. So 
We all talk about how important the middle eight is, the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, FSU gets it. This is where they, the tide starts to turn a bit. They take advantage. But Florida had a chance. Florida gets the ball back. Big, big run for Montreal Johnson, 52-yard run. Then you had another big run, called back by holding. Damian George, Richie Leonard, whichever one it was there. I know it was called George on the broadcast. When I watched the replay, it looked like Leonard to me. But Florida's in position. Would have been in an even better position for a closer field goal. This one ends up 52-yard because of the holding penalty. Just can't take full advantage. Misses the field goal. Chance for 15-7 at halftime. Does it really change anything much? Eh, maybe miss some momentum. Misses the field goal. 27 or 12-7 to at halftime. Florida leads. Then FSU comes back, of course. Second half. Just mentioned the middle eight. They come out. Touchdown right away. Had, to, had them at third and 10 on their own 25. Had a Wilson catch for 12 yards there to the 37. Then Coleman for 24. They're starting to get some chunk yardage. Florida can't tackle, just swatting at the ball. Benson takes it for 36-yard touchdown, just chunk plays here for Florida State. You knew it was only a matter of time. You knew it was only a matter of time before they would hit this. But, hey, all in all, for the night, the defense did their job. You were relying on an offense to go put some points up to help them out. Complimentary football, once again, escapes the Gators. Did you love for them to completely shut out Florida State? Of course, that wasn't going to happen. It was only a matter of time. FSU up 14-12 here. Florida does respond for the last time for the night. Take over their own 25, two-yard loss on first down, third and 12. Ricky Pearsall makes his only catch for, t- for the night. I don't want to be nitpicky here, but, man, if Brown hits him in stride instead of behind him, it's probably six. Ricky probably gets his 1,000 yards. Like I said, I'm not trying to be nitpicky there, but when you're trying to upset a team, when you're trying to upset your rival, if you could take advantage of every opportunity that was there, that was one there. A better throw by Brown, and that was six. There was nobody behind Pearsall. Johnson has a 21-yard run. Good, good night for Montreal Johnson. Florida ends up a third and four at the 33. Brown keeper two for 10 to the FSU 23. Then the drive stalls again at the 19. That field goal was good. 15-14 Gators, and that would be the last time the Gators would score. FSU, their own 25. Second down sack makes a third and 19. I mean, the defense is getting pressure. Most of the night, defensive line probably had their best game to me. Certainly since earlier in the season, the Tennessee game. When you're taking quality of opponent as well, defense played their best game. Three and out. You had the lead, 15-14. You forced a three and out. Punt caught it with the 45-yard line. Florida's in good field position once again, but then there's blocking out of bounds on the punt return. Takes it back 15 more yards. Gators now take over instead at their own 30 instead of near midfield. One more error where Florida just shoots themselves in the foot. You cannot have those mistakes in these games. And once again, in the 
I mean, it's only only fitting, I guess, with the way this season has played out, where Florida just kind of self-destructs. Credit to FSU, they made the winning plays. Florida self-destructs a lot in the second half as well. Gators now take over their own 30, third and 14 at their own 26 after ETN swing pass goes for a loss. Brown scrambles, fourth and eight, punt, touchback there. FSU takes over at their own 20. Benson run goes for 14. They have a third and 10 at their own 34. Another punt. The defense giving the offense another opportunity. Gators take over on 23, third and four at their own 29. Run goes nowhere. And then probably outkick the punt coverage. Florida State gets a big, big punt return by Coleman. Takes it to their own 43-yard line. And Florida's defense here on first down contains the run outside. I mean, you thought, you know, the big advantage FSU may have given what Florida's defense has done this year is some of those outside runs. And for the night, Florida did a pretty good job. Get a first down stop, and then second down, it's pass interference on Moore. He never turns his head all up on Wilson. That was a legit call. Balls at Florida 41 at that point. And then third and three. From the 34, Devin Watson gets a tackle on an obvious run in four-down territory. Devin Watson plays his best game of the season. Fourth and three completion goes to Coleman for 10 on Jaden Hill. First and 10 at the 24, third and three. Uh, ends up a third and three at the Florida 17. Florida brings pressure. Rodermaker finds Wilson for the 11 down to the six. First and goal. Florida State should have had a touchdown earlier. Coleman. Pass goes right through his hands. High pass there. Florida ends up standing strong, making FSU settle for a field goal. They take a 17-15 lead with 7-17 in the game. So stops before this. FSU's driving. The defense gets another stop that was in a drive aided by penalties. Florida can't get anything going. Florida State's defense just takes over. You could tell, I think, maybe ETN, Johnson, maybe dealing with some late-game injuries. Webb's in at running back late here with 7-17 late in the game. Have a long development. And one of the big themes for the night, we know Florida was going to struggle up front. And almost every long-developing play, play call that was there would end up in pressure, would end up in a sack. It happens again right here. When you absolutely need a score, Long developing play, it's a sack. You get second and 16. FSU almost gets an interception. Ends up a third and 16. Brown sacked again for a loss of one. Gators forced to punt down by two. 5.37 left in the game. FSU takes over their own 34. Defense needs another stop. Three-yard loss to the 31. You get second and 13. Pass interference on Jaden Hill. Florida starts calling some timeouts, 357 remaining, first timeout there. And then, of course, Rodermaker scrambles. He's hit as he slides at the, near the sticks. He would have been short. Jaden Hill called for targeting and ejected, and you, you, have, you knew it at that point. You knew it was just a matter of time. Really tough in the heat of the moment there. It just You kind of just have to. You, you kind of have to know. You can't afford those penalties there. It's hard in the heat of the moment. I can – I, I, I see it, but I got for a guy who's played a whole lot of football. 
but you know that quarterback's going for the sticks. I I get it. It's hard to lay up there. But at one of the worst times, big time, big time personal foul on Florida. So now it's down to the Florida 33. Brock Glenn now in for Florida State. Passes incomplete, 327 left, second 10. Glenn runs for seven, but offsides for Florida. So now second five at the 28. Ends up this drive. Rodermaker comes back in. Benson goes for the 26-yard touchdown. Extra point makes it a nine-point game. Pretty much the game there, 24-15, 248 left. Jared Verse just takes over. First down sack by Verse. He just completely bowls over George. Backs him into Brown. There's a sack. Incomplete on second down. Third and 18 now. Brown scoops up in the pocket. Rush is coming on. Verse hits Brown. Fumble from behind. That'll do it for the game there. 133 left after that. And Florida State wins 24-15. Gives the Gators one more loss on the season to finish 5-7. and seven. No bowl game for the Gators. But this is the storyline for the game there. It's a, honestly, we'll get into it in just a second. A tale of two halves. A tale of two halves here. Where Florida just could not do anything in the second half. But we'll get into some stats. And then we'll, I'll zoom out a little bit. Of course, I think, uh, some thoughts after a five and seven season, another disappointing season, three in a row now. Very, very disappointing stretch here for Gator football. All right, guys, but hey, maybe if you're in the betting world, you're getting some good news. I hope you are. But when your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you the tools to win, like my bookie. There's action for new and existing customers. There's a lot of action for you and a lot of action on the gridiron with the NFL and Conference Championship Week coming up in college football. Make this week even more exciting by betting at MyBookie. Use MyBookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Plus, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Just use promo code GATORS on your first deposit and receive up to $200 in cash. That's promo code GATORS to claim your own cash bonus now. If you're an existing customer, well, thank you very much for using my bookie. You get a 50% bonus reload. So, guys, bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. And it's the most wonderful time of the year. And you can make it more wonderful by using America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Your holiday shopping is made easier by shopping online. So, why not make your meal prep easier too this holiday season? So skip that extra grocery store trip and instead get fresh ingredients and delicious recipes delivered with HelloFresh. You know, the most wonderful time of the year is also the most delicious. Enjoy every bite of the holiday season with HelloFresh. Choose from over 45 weekly recipes and over 100 curated picks from the HelloFresh market. One of my favorites now, man, the breakfast from HelloFresh. I'm a big fan of the quick and easy turkey sausage and egg cheese egg bites. Pop them in the microwave, and boom, you get a tasty hot breakfast. So treat yourself this holiday season. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree and use code GatorsFree for free breakfast for life. 
one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GatorsFree with code GatorsFree. All brought to you by HelloFresh, America's number one milk kit. All right, guys, let's go through some stats. Unfortunately, I think we have to here just to kind of wrap this up. 24-15, final for Florida State, only 224 total yards for Florida State. As I said, one of the better performances by the Gators defense this year. Florida outgained FSU 232 to 224. Florida went 146 net rushing yards. FSU went 90. Florida with 44 rushing attempts, 3.3 yard average. FSU with 31, 2.9 yard average. FSU, though, with three rushing touchdowns. Florida with only one. Net passing yards for the Gators, 86 compared to 134 for Florida State. 9 of 16 for the Gators and Max Brown, 12 of 26 there for Florida State. Average yards per completion, 9.6 for the Gators, 11.2 for Florida State. 12 first downs for the Gators, 16 for Florida State. Uh, red zone attempts. Gators three for three uh, when they got in the red zone. Of course, a couple missed field goals, though. Two for three for the for uh, FSU. Florida seven to 16 on third down. Florida State only four 13 on third down. Still find themselves with the victory. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Eight for 90 on the Gators. A lot of personal fouls, and you were at home. You know, FSU was supposed to be the team that was coming in and maybe shook by the swamp crowd, and Florida is the team that was shooting themselves in the foot. A lot of inexcusable penalties. Gators with seven tackles for loss on defense. Florida State with 11 tackles for loss. Gators credited with five quarterback hurries. FSU credited with four. FSU six sacks. Florida with three. And then where I wanted to go with this was also, as I mentioned, just to tell the two halves. The first half, Florida, 12-7 lead, total yards, 184 to 85, basically a 100-yard edge at halftime. A lot of that in the first quarter. Go to the second half, of course, Florida outscored 17-3. to Florida with 48 total yards in the second half when they had 184 in the first half. Florida State went from 85 yards in the first half to 139 yards in the second half. Florida went from averaging 4.1 yard a rush in the first half to 2.1 in the second half. Florida was 5 of 9 on third downs in the first half, only 2 of 7 in the second half. You started well. You had some pressure on Florida State, but just not able to build enough. Even though you, you look, I mean, stat sheets right here, kind of for losers here, built stats say dominating the first half in some ways. Yet it was only 12 to 7. You kind of knew after FSU scored that late touchdown in the first half, you were just kind of just waiting on the floodgates to open. Time of possession in the first half of the Gators, 2042. That was only 14-10 in the second half. So you can't run the ball, couldn't convert third downs, couldn't stay on the field. 
take a look at the Gator stats here. Max Brown, 9 of 16, 86 yards. Trey Wilson, three catches, 36 yards. His longest was only 16 yards. Targeted five times. ETN with three catches. Then nobody else with more than one. Had a chance for Ricky Pearsall to get 1,000 yards on the season. He only one catch, 17 yards. Unfortunate there. The just couldn't get any, any rhythm, especially in the second half. FSU's defensive line dominating. Florida rushing, good night for Montreal Johnson. 18 attempts, 107 yards, 5.9-yard average. Had the one touchdown, the 52-yard run right before halftime. Didn't really amount to anything because Florida missed a field goal. ETN, 10 attempts, 43 yards. Go to defense, and Derek Wingo, five total tackles. I said one of his better games as well as a Gator. Scooby Williams just tonight things nice early. But the defensive line, certainly, as I said earlier on, McClellan with some plays. Desmond Watson, I think, played his best game of the season. Big fan of what I saw from true freshman Sharif Denson out there, especially early on as well. Very, very active. Princely with three quarterbacks hurries. He was in the backfield a lot against Florida State. But there's you look at the Florida stats. So now, I think, of course, I think we can zoom out a bit. Five and seven for the Gators. Losing season. Missed a bowl game. Missed a chance at getting... This young roster, even more reps that, that, that are needed. I know there was this, you know, do we really want a bowl game, just go maybe lose again or whatever? Yeah, I wanted the practices. But to me, where we're at right now, five and seven, in year two, it, it's, it, to me, it, it's unacceptable. I don't care what Vegas put the over-under at. Teams overcome expectations all the time. I think Missouri was six, six and a half as well. They're a 10-win team. You know, why can't Florida be the team to overcome the expectations? I don't care what Vegas put Florida at. I, I, it's a built-in excuse. Well, what did you expect? Vegas had Florida five and a half. I don't care. Go out there and overcome the expectation. Teams do it all the time. Why couldn't Florida be one of them? I mean, the loss to Arkansas was a culmination of it all. You guys know what I kind of put out after that game. You know, now it was just, once you lost that game, it couldn't really get much worse. But at the same time, you put these games in a bubble after that Arkansas game, you could be disappointed with the way it played out. But to have this season start 5-2, and two, has some good feelings going into the Georgia game, as unlikely as the win was. But there were some good feelings going into that. But to lose five straight, that's inexcusable. The loss to Arkansas, the culmination of it all, that was a stunner. The loss to Missouri when all you had to do was stop a fourth and 17, inexcusable. Had Florida State on the ropes early, couldn't build a big enough lead, let them overcome that. Repeated self-inflicted issues, making the losing plays and not making the winning ones. And with the way these games played out, 
in a bubble. You know, Florida, Florida could have won these games. You could have, should have won Arkansas. Could have won against Missouri. Could have won versus Florida State. Found ways to lose all of them. Resulting in this season ending earlier than it should. I don't care what the expectation was. When you're in position to win several games, you have to do so. It's coaching, it's lack of talent, it's injuries, it's youth. And honestly, that's too many excuses. In my opinion, that should not equal five and seven. Not at Florida. I'm not saying fire Billy Napier, but a lot of changes need to come. And as we move forward, I think it's fair to ask, where is it headed? That's the biggest question we have right now. And I did not see myself having that question two years into the tenure. I thought there would be a better, clearer path, a better, clearer direction of where this thing was headed after two years. We have a ton more questions than I thought we have two seasons in. What does he do so well? What is the identity of this program right now? There's not one. Two years in, there's still no identity. Or it could be a negative identity. I think Will said it best. The, uh, we, maybe with these questions, maybe there are answers we just don't like. And there's a lot that needs to change. You know, in a season, I can really only point to that the team plays hard for him themselves. But give them that, and that should equal more than five and seven. This is year two. This is Florida. We are better than, well, they played hard. That has to equal wins and losses. You know, the parts that we're supposed to feel good about, the parts where... We're supposed to take advantage where the details, the meticulous details that we thought we were getting with Billy Napier, the small things. The operation has leaks. While playing hard, Florida's also, they're also a team that hurts themselves way too much. And that's not all youth. That's not all lack of talent. These are inexcusable coaching operational issues that we just should not be seeing. Inexcusable penalties. A two offensive line coach staff that's not paying off on game days. But we know the talent issues. We know the injury issues. We know the youth issues. That means the coaches have to do their part. The control needs to be top notch, and it's not. And I think as we continue looking big picture here, continue to zoom out a little bit, it's only going to be harder for this talent acquisition part that we know is oh so important. Have to find a way to put the finishing touches on this good class, this 2024 class, and have to nail the transfer portal. But guys, right or wrong, fair or unfair, the hot seat talk is out there. It's only going to gain more as we go by week by week now. It's going to follow Billy Napier in this aspect right now. It may not come from the administration. It may not come from UAA. It may not come from boosters, but it's certainly going to come from the fan base. It's certainly going to come from national media out there. Billy Napier was getting slammed hard last night. 
because of this FSU game and the mistakes Florida was making. And of course, all that's just going to ramp up the hot seat talk. It's going to come from the media. But most importantly, it's going to come from your competition. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. But what do you think every portal target, what do you think every target, 17, 18-year-old kid right now is going to hear from the competition? It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It matters what they believe. And it's only going to make this talent acquisition part a lot harder. You know, this one aspect Billy Napier was mainly brought here for just now became harder. Wins matter. Can he overcome it? That's a question we have to ask ourselves right now. In this talent acquisition business, can he overcome what's going to be out there? It may not be fair. It may not be true. It doesn't matter. And one of the most important angles of it now, where we're talking about talent acquisition, keeping your current players on the roster. The better players on a bad team right now are already, guys, we know it, they're being tampered with. There's conversations going on. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. And if we are to be sold that this program is going to be built on the younger players that Napier is currently relying on, then that means they have to stay to see it through. You know, it's hard to sell the we-need-time angle if the players you're relying on end up leaving and not seeing it through. That we-need-time angle goes completely out the door. Priority Priority number one is keeping the talent that you have while all these competition, all the other schools come in and try and poach. Florida's going to have to fight that in these next few weeks. No doubt about it. So all in all, through two years, what is the positive direction right now? What can we really point to? Are the staff changes that are becoming a cure-all? Is the young developing talent enough to pay off in year three with a tough schedule? I like some of the young talent. Is there enough of it? Then we have to ask ourselves that. Can it pay off next year? It's going to have to. But I think as we attack this from every angle right now, the outlook is kind of bleak. Things have to change. And they can. They absolutely can. The changes that will be made have to pay off. I don't know if they will or not. I mean, look, look, not many coaches start this way in the SEC and go on to have success. History says it just doesn't happen. Can Billy Napier overcome that? It's going to be tough. But just laid it all out for why it's going to be a little bit harder now. The most important aspect of it is the talent acquisition part, and that's going to be hard with all the hot seat talk. It just is. There's no way to avoid it. We can't dig our head in the sand. It's out there. It's going to be out there. And in a lot of ways, rightfully so. Hopefully find a way to overcome it, but what are you selling to recruits and, and, and portal targets right now? When... You might be coaching for your job next year. So hopefully all this young talent, all these young guys that we're excited about right now, hang around, believe in the vision, 
believe in the culture Billy Napier is building. And hopefully that bleeds over into some of these targets that you want to come in. But there needs to be a lot of changes for success next year. I don't, it's not just, oh, this player's a year, year older. This player, there's not enough of those players to make a huge difference next year. It should result in a better team. It should have resulted in a better team this year. But every level of the program right now needs to turn it around. And Billy Napier said after the game, of course, and we know, we know this type of comment's coming. The evaluation is going to be hot and heavy in every detail. It's not acceptable to go five and seven. It's not acceptable to miss a bowl game. It all comes down to win and losses. In the end, that's all it comes down to. There needs to be heavy, heavy, heavy progress next year. So we'll keep up with it all. There's a lot of changes coming, staff-wise, I believe. Finishing up this 2024 class, the portal is going to be hot and heavy and crazy, but hey, there's going to be a lot of competition there. It's not just Florida going after these targets. It's not just Florida going after these offensive linemen and defensive linemen they oh so need so bad. And that's how hard it's going to be. That's what you've got to go out there and fight. This narrative that you're on the hot seat. You best bet the competition is going to use it. Billy Napier, the person. Billy Napier, the guy. Selling this program. Hopefully he can continue to do it. I hope he does. I hope he turns this thing around. I want him to succeed. But my want and hope means nothing. They got to go out here and do it. Okay. Off the soapbox. <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hopping in. Thanks for the comments here. Hot and heavy. Oh, man, a lot of comments. I don't know if I'll be able to go through a lot of them. Uh, let's see. Kings of Code, you don't win games in the SEC with high school recruits only. The transfer portal and great coaching has been a game changer. Uh, that's true. I still believe, and I know Billy Napier's kind of said it this way, but this is not just necessarily a Billy Napier comment. I just agree with him on it. Um, I still believe it starts at high school recruiting. That's your NFL draft. Your transfer portal is like free agency. I think you build that way, but absolutely you have to. And for this turnaround, for this turnaround, yeah, you've got to hit the portal. You've got to get instant impact guys. What instant impact guys are going to come here now? That's something you got to fight. Eddie says, I trust him, Billy, he's good, but he's going to have to change his old structure. He needs to get uh, off the, as a, okay, sorry. He needs to get a good offensive line coach, maybe, I think that's what he's trying to say. And he needs to get offensive coordinator and, and the special teams coordinator. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, I expect 
offensive line, special teams, offensive coordinator, all that stuff to be evaluated and, and changes made. Okay. Richard, I have brought this up before, but I do think it's worth bringing up again, kind of just also going by what I just discussed here. Um, got a question for Dave and all of Gator Nation. How can we expect him to win with more talent when he can't beat teams with less talent? Please answer this. That's my worry as well. Um, you know, when... You know, last year versus you know, Vanderbilt and the inexcusable loss there. Um, the performances against Kentucky the last couple of years. Arkansas this year. That is a concern. Now, talent does mask a lot. Talent makes things easier, makes it look better. But as I kind of just laid out here is the coaching mistakes. Is that just going to magically get better? just because you got more talent. Okay, this talent you're bringing in, now granted, we all want this first step to start being beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's not happening right now. That's the next step. Now you hope this talent acquisition that Florida has been getting is getting at least equates to that. But my point is, okay, say it does get fixed. Say Florida does go and have some success next year. Where should the belief be once he does get the talent to compete with Georgia, Alabama, LSU, this other Texas, Oklahoma coming in, that the coaching decisions we're seeing now aren't going to show up in those games? So you may have caught up talent-wise, or you may have closed the gap a little bit, but where's the belief that that's going to lead itself to better coaching decisions to get wins over those teams? I, it's a it's a it's a legit question. It absolutely is. Brandon says Napier would never sign a top ten class at Florida. Might as well pull the rip core, but that's assuming our AD could hire a competent coach, which can't. Uh, well, Scott Strickland's not going to get a chance to hire another football coach if if Billy Napier's fired. My opinion. A lot of people agree with that. Um, I still right now think this class will finish top 10. If it's, you know, eight, nine, tennish range, that's not good enough. It's not, I don't, you, you're not going to sell me on that. Is it better? Yeah, sure. Is it good enough? It's not. It's not at all. There'll be some good players and maybe DJ Lagway's just that special of a player. But from the wide view of that, that's not good enough. Somebody else says, yeah, not now off the field discipline. I think, yeah, Florida's in a good spot there. But going to D's point here, not sure discipline is your thing when one of your players spits in the face of an opponent. Yeah, on field discipline's not great. Some penalties you can live with, effort penalties, you know, okay, some of those things happen. But the personal fouls and the spitting in the face, you can't defend that.
Javier Rivera of Sam Pittman could let go, get him for O-line coach. No, he's probably staying at Arkansas. That's the word. So they, Pittman would not be available. But of course, guys, we got plenty. With no bowl game, we got plenty of time to look big picture. Got to spend some time with Will Miles at Harmonic Woods. Will was in town for the game. Good to hang out in person. But of course, we'll get together this week. And I know you guys will want to hear what Will has to say. Uh, but yeah, we got uh, a lot more big picture stuff to certainly get into. But did definitely wanted to take one look at the last game of the season. Break it down again, how it kind of turned out. Um, kind of going back one more time, the Trace Mack. I think we, we thought we had figured something out at field goal kicker, but the Arkansas game winner being missed, the misses here versus Florida State. Now, I know a lot of people earlier this season were talking, oh, what, does, what did Napier see in Mahalik? And I mean, okay, maybe this is the Trace Mack they saw. I, mean, I don't mean to pile on here, but. You know, six more points makes this 24-21 in some ways, and does the game play out a little different? All right. Thanks for the comments, guys. Uh, yeah. Matt, one more comment here. Momentum turn after that reverse pass garbage play that was... Not worked this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the creativity trick plays, of course. I mean, I know there's the whole scared money, make money motto that has followed Billy Napier around. And hey, some of those plays are kind of in that vein, uh, but they just don't work. You know, with this offensive line, as bad as it was this season, a lot of those type of plays weren't going to work. And I know you're hoping to keep a, or catch up defensive that's just not ready for that. But no, the, the, you know, the long developing, in, in, pretty much any long, even the non trick play, long developing play calls didn't work this year. Florida would get near midfield. You know that play action deep shots coming, and almost every time there's pressure on the quarterback. I don't think they did enough to help Brown in the quick game. I would like to see maybe some more passes to the backs. Oh, I need to go back and rewatch the game, of course, uh, to get a full fill on that and how they could have helped Brown a bit. But just off of the live game viewing, maybe stuck to the run game a little more, get the running backs involved in a passing game a little more. I don't see – maybe this is in rewatch too. Now, I know Pearsall was open a couple times – when Brown was either getting hit or getting forced to, to move. Uh, but Pierce saw only having one catch. I mean, just looking base at a stat sheet, that's it. That, that's, that's, that's hard to accept. In a season finale, in a game that you need to win, your best, one of, if not best, options only has one catch. That's hard to, that's hard to accept. That's really hard to a lot of things hard to accept right now. Warrior for Cash brings up a good question. Uh, I hate it has to be brought up, but I do think it can be brought up. 
Warrior for Christ says, does anybody else feel concerned that Lagway could be a generational talent? We're just going to trust Napier to develop, to develop him. I don't have problem with the quarterback development part of this. I mean, Graham Mertz just had his best season. Exceeded all expectations. Pure development of a quarterback, I'm, I'm not too concerned with. My biggest concern is surrounding him with the talent. Now, he can overcome some things, I think. I mean, look, you're not, we're not asking to have the best offensive line out there. We're asking for a competent offensive line. Now, you put a competent, a competent offensive line with Lagway, I think this offense can do some special things. I think he's that special. To me, it's more about not necessarily developing him, but developing the talent around him. Now, I think it's fair to ask a question in that vein. But the biggest question of all is, where is this thing headed? What do we have confidence in moving forward? And we'll get into this, but I think the biggest worry, guys, is, you know, we got an offseason coming up. We're, we don't know the staff hires. We don't know the portal acquisitions. We don't know how this class will finish. But what are we going to point to for, you know, as a fan base? Where do you go point to for hope? Where do you go point to for some positivity? It's hard. It's hard to pick that out. And it's staring us right in the face right now. You know, besides just getting excited just because it's football, what are you going to be excited about? A good, a good, a tough schedule? Okay. What are you going to feel confident about? And that this thing does turn around. Is it just year three? Year three of development? This talent that is supposedly being developed, just all of a sudden paying off in year three. But isn't that kind of hope? There's not much tangible to point to that this is going to be a whole lot better next year. Now, as fans, the hope, I mean, that's, that's part of being a fan. I'm not trying to damper anything here, but I'm also trying to keep it realistic. And I don't want to dig my head in the sand. I don't do that. But it's hard to point to what will be be we be getting excited about for better results. I think we'll all be excited because it's football season. You know, it just kind of happens. We'll go through these months and we'll all be ready for it. We'll be ready to see hopefully ETN and Wilson and how they're using this offense. If Mertz comes back, you know, what's the quarterback situation? How much playing time does DJ Lagway get? And those will be things that we're looking at. Of course, I think the next couple of weeks will give us a little more answers. As I said, maybe we can get excited about some portal acquisitions. Maybe we can get excited about some coaching changes. But I still think it's going to be even, even, even if that's even those even if those are A plus grades in those categories, it's still going to be top of mind, maybe back of mind for some of you. What does that mean for improvement? How big can that jump be? How big can that gap be closed a bit? But all right, guys. I know I hate being, especially this is the end of the season. It's five and seven. Guys, don't don't sit here and try and point to why can't you be positive? What is it to be positive about? Honestly, as we sit here right now, a day after going five and seven on the season. 
Are there some positive? Yeah, there's some players I like on this team. What does that mean? What does that mean for win? Look, it's all about win-loss record from now on. If, if you are one of the one of the ones coming with the angle is, all right, he needed time. Okay, well, he got the time. He got the time. It's put up or shut up next year. It is win-loss record. And we'll get into all that coming up in the next weeks and months. Maybe what a record has to be to get off the hot seat, to keep a job for another year, to have some confidence moving forward. But as we all know, it ain't going to be easy with that schedule. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. 24-15, FSU over Florida, 5-7, five and seven, five straight losses to end the season. Florida won't be going bowling. And the season's over with. So we'll turn it. We'll turn it to the transfer portal. That'll be opening up soon. We'll turn it to hopefully finish them, putting some positive finishing touches on this 2024 class. We'll do it all. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> being able to do this, it, uh, it means a lot. Uh, it really does. And being a Gator means a whole lot. <laughs> it speaks... Uh, Talking about this like this, but we're all Gators. Hopefully it turns around. A little emotional right now, but go Gators. We'll turn this thing around. And uh, hopefully we'll be cheering. We'll be cheering coming up. But everybody, thank you for your support all season long. <laughs> um, but uh, stinks right now. Stinks right now. But uh, thank you. Thank you all out there. Each and, uh, each and every week, each and every episode, each and every Twitter post. <laughs> All the all the comments here, but uh, everybody, but thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of Gators Breakdown. And um, hey, we'll we'll be here all throughout the offseason for you. See you guys.